Okay, if you could just give us a level check, that would be great. Uh, I'm Hannah Roberts. I won silver in BMX freestyle. Yes, you did. Silver. Amazing. <laughs> it's gonna hit you in like a couple weeks, probably. Yeah, that's cool. I'm Elizabeth Beisel, two-time Olympic medalist, and I'm jumping the press rope to take you inside the Athletes' Village, one of the most interesting and exclusive places at the 2020 Tokyo Olympic and Paralympic Games. We'll have unfiltered conversations with Olympic athletes from the ground about the daily experiences that make up a majority of the athlete life at the Games. After all, it isn't all nail-biting pressure and medal ceremonies. This podcast is presented by NordaTrack from iFit. You can hear us in the headphones, okay? Okay, we'll get started in three, two, one. Before we even get started, what does winning a silver medal mean to you? Like, what are your emotions, if you can even put them into words right now? Um... I mean, honestly, it's incredible. Uh, not only, not only did I, you know, come here wanting to just do good. Uh, I got a medal out of it. Um, but it's the first silver medal to ever happen in our sport. So, you know, that's that's amazing Woo! for for myself, I think, and you know, it makes me feel super good. So, yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> I mean, to be and you're a part of history now. You know, like the first three medalists ever. Have you been able to talk to any of the other first-time sports like skateboarding or surfing at all and kind of relate to them? Yeah, uh, we ran into some of the, the uh, skaters before they, before they left. And, uh, you know, they were just super pumped to be there. They were just, you know, taking it all in and, you know, just seeing everything that was going on. You know, for us, it's, it's crazy because our events, you know, don't usually go like this. There's not like this many athletes of different, um, you know, sports. So, it's just something that we all wanted to just soak in as much as possible. And, uh, yeah, that, that was the one thing that we had in common was just like, this is insane. So. Yeah. You, you talk about the different athletes from different sports. Like when are you ever exposed to hundreds of track and field athletes or swimmers or like whatever it is, how has the village experience been like for you? Is it overwhelming? Is it, what is it like? Um, the first few days, I'll be honest, it was very overwhelming. Like everywhere you'd go, go to the cafeteria. I'd try to go like, I'd wake up at like 4 a.m. Go, and there's so many people there already. And I was like, oh my goodness! I was like, you can't get a, can't get a, you know, a space. Right. Um, I just need to like be alone <laughs> for a moment. Yeah, and uh, but you know, after the first, I think two days, maybe like I got used to it, and I was like, this is super cool. And then like. You know, obviously the elevators, you're with different athletes and just learning about their sport and like, you know, wanting them to do well and, and kind of like wondering like their story and you get to chat just little bits or like meeting people in the cafeteria. Um, it was a little bit harder, obviously, to talk now um, with all the restrictions. There was like plastic in between. We we're basically shouting at each other, but it was still super, yeah. super cool. And um, yeah, that, that was that was just awesome. Yeah. Amazing. For you as an athlete, before you compete, are you somebody who kind of needs to be alone and focus with music on, or are you somebody that's more outgoing and you're kind of talking to your coach or teammates? Does that relax you? Um, so usually I put headphones on right when I wake up. 
Um, and I, I stay off social media the day of um, any competition just because, you know, whatever whatever's on there, I don't want to be either upset or distracted by it. Um, but I get I got to the course this time and, uh, you know, I was chatting with my teammate, um, you know, helping. We were, we were, you know, talking about our runs and uh, talking to our coach. And, you know, once I think once there was about 30 minutes out, we both put our headphones on and then that's when, you know, I completely just shut everything out around me and, and only listen to music and, you know, getting get in the headspace that I need to be in. And that's kind of what always works. So how many runs do you think it takes for you to become comfortable on a course? Um, you know, everybody's different. Um, some some people it could take like a full day. Um, for me, especially with this one, it was super easy to kind of figure out. Um, I think it took me maybe once or twice of like hitting certain obstacles, and then I wow. was ready to start throwing tricks. Um, my coach was like, "No, no, no, don't do that." just hit everything first, just, just relax. And I was like, ah, no, it's okay. So, um, yeah, I just, I dropped in a few times and then it was like, okay, I'm going to do this here. And, you know, I just would send something. You're like, yeah, I'm Hannah Roberts. I'm ready to go. (laughs) And that's, it's actually way less because I was thinking, okay, at least like a week, like I, I, I don't know. So it's really interesting that you were like, yeah, I just dropped in a couple times and I was good to go to do some crazy cool tricks that you do. I want to talk about your bike because this is something that I am obviously, I don't ride bikes really. So how was the process getting your bike to Tokyo? Do you have a mechanic with you? Is there a backup? Can you kind of give me an inside look into what that is? Yeah. So um, our bikes are super easy to travel with. We have uh, suitcases that are about the size of normal suitcases actually. um, And we just completely break them down uh put them in the suitcase and they travel with us uh no matter where and you know um there's like bigger bags that you could use that are oversized but sometimes they don't show up to events so uh, I just get the smallest ones I can so then I make sure that they're they have the better chance of being there um has that happened to you before yeah in in Budapest in 2019 at a really really big event and it was the first time they had it my bike didn't show up for five days and uh, it showed up the day of finals. And then, yeah, I got to build it, ride finals, and then take it apart to go home. But luckily, you know, I was riding other people's bikes to qualify um, for both uh, qualifications. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I need to ask, though. So how hard is it to ride somebody else's bike? Is that a hard adjustment? It's, yeah, um, you know, it's, it's and it's it's like trying to go from, like, driving like a really, really small car to just a semi. I mean, it's, it's, there's little, little differences that people don't really think make that much of a difference. It, it feels completely different, especially when you're like trying to like whip the bike and flip it. Like every, every little thing changes things. And yeah, it takes, it takes a lot to adjust. And, um, yeah, you know, there's, unfortunately there's been times where I've had to do it. Um, I've won contests on other people's bikes and, I've lost contests on other people's bikes and uh oh yeah it just it just you know I'm I'm glad that it shows you know most of the time it shows up now so um but yeah yeah that's a good thing <laughs> yeah yeah that helps yeah so it's it's super easy for us to travel with our bikes usually they come with us um I did have a spare bike um luckily I did have a spare bike here and it it actually met me here I had it I had it shipped so then I didn't have to take as many bags um 
but yeah, I broke my my main bike the second day of practice. So I had to ride the spare for two days before it got sure, fixed. Here in Tokyo. Yeah, yeah, before it got fixed. I had to ride the spare for two days. So, <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Hannah, <laughs> the things that we don't know behind the scenes. Th- see, this is why I ask these questions. Body and Mind Moments, presented by Nordatrek from iFit. The outside running strong, but look at Hunter Woodhall kicking into gear down the backstretch. He is absolutely flying right now. And that's long jump. Tara Davis improves her lead from 22 feet a half inch out to a collegiate record 22 feet 9 inches. Tara Davis and Hunter Woodall, you are competing in the Olympics and the Paralympics this summer, respectively, but you've got this amazing social media presence and YouTube channel. And I want to know, does having fun and having this outlet play into you both performing your best? We're pretty laid back people. So yeah, we're focused in our own ways, but us being, us having fun is our way of focusing. Like if we're like too in the zone, like we're not, not perform our best, but we're not ourselves. And that's just not the way you want to go into a meet. We like having fun. I think we try to not do things in our life that we don't have fun doing. So um, as long as we can do that and then we still show up on when it's time and do what we need to do and compete well and win medals and make teams, like that's all that matters. And if other people are rocking with us and they enjoy it too, like we love that. Yeah. So do you bring that same mindset to your training, you know, doing what has to be done, but also at the same time making it fun, which I know is sometimes hard to do. Anytime we're together, especially like working out, it's something that we both share in common. We both love. So it's always fun. So um, when we can do it in the comfort of our own home, we don't have to leave somewhere. If it's a bad day, it's raining outside like today, being inside, having like treadmills or bikes or things that they can offer that uh, like same level of workout and things that we need to do while also, like I said, staying in the comfort of your home and being in each other's company. It just doesn't get much better than that. Body and Mind Moments presented by Nordatrack from iFit. So in general, how long does a bike last you? And then when you get a new one, is it the same exact model or are you kind of branching out and getting something new and trying something different? Um, usually bikes can, or my bikes, I try, I try to have the lifespan of like four, anywhere from four to eight months. Um, I like to change them out between like the four to six months. Um, you know, ratio, obviously like COVID slowed everything down. So I had to wait uh, extra long to get my new one. Um, which was cool because, uh, you know, they did everything that they could to send me. I have three now um, waiting to be used, so it's, it's pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, I, I like to do four to six months and, and trade them out just because I ride every single day. You know, I, I don't land everything. I, I fall quite a bit, and, uh, you know, even sometimes when I'm happy, I obviously <laughs> threw, threw my bike. So my bike takes a lot of abuse, um, and uh, – it's just safer to, to make sure that the parts are new and, you know, so then nothing has like stress cracks or anything like that. And, uh, yeah, usually <clears throat> when I do change out my bikes, they are, I think every single part is the exact same as my last one, just because it was just oh. so much easier. Um, and you know, it, it's, you can branch out and try different things and I've done that before. And, but, uh, I liked the way that everything felt and I was used to it. And I, 
I mean, I built up my, my Olympic bike, uh, I think three or four, three days before we left. So I was like, I don't have time to get used to anything new. So I just built up the same thing, um, made it easy. Oh and, my gosh. Yeah. Well, it worked out, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> You're coming home with metal. Um, so we're, I'm happy that that worked out for you. You said that you fall. Of course, you're human. But you have a little bit of an injury right now on your right foot, right? Uh, yeah, actually, um, nobody knows, but both my left and my right ankles are messed up. And I get to go home okay. now and take care of them. <laughs> okay, yeah. so hold on. Pause. Because this will be edited. Do you yeah. not want that in there? No, that's fine. I, I I broke my, or I have a crack in my left ankle from um, world championships that never healed because I didn't take any time off. So Hold on. <laughs> so, Hannah, you just won an Olympic medal with two, like, broken ankles. Yeah, the, the right one, I, I just bruised really, really bad. I uh, hit my tendon, and uh, I'm going to go home, and hopefully my tendon's okay. Uh, it just swells up super bad. So they've actually had me in a walking boot on my right foot um, since Thursday. And, like, every time that I'm not riding, I, I have it on now, actually. Um, I'm in a walking boot. And then when I am riding, it's, like, heavily taped. I have my ankle braces on, super tight. Like, my ankles don't move. So, uh, yeah, I got two injured ankles um, at the moment. And I'm excited to go home and actually let them recover. And, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for you too. <laughs> but but honestly, like that just makes what you already did was amazing. But now knowing that, it's just your pain tolerance must just be astronomical. And I'm extremely proud of you and everyone is that you were able to fight through that and that's not easy, especially at the biggest one of the biggest stages of your life, you know, the first ever BMX freestyle event at the Olympic Games, um, and you're able to come home with a medal. Hannah Roberts, you're pretty amazing. I hope you know that. Um, well, with that, enjoy your last day in Tokyo. Heal up your two ankles, and you have a big cheering squad behind you, especially heading into Paris. So best of luck heading ahead. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Hannah. Good talking to you. Nice talking to you as well. Bye. Bye. This podcast is presented by Nordatrack from iFit. Follow In the Village Now on Apple Podcasts and wherever you're listening to get automatic downloads. And tune into the networks of NBC to catch every moment of the 2020 Tokyo Olympic Games.